0: Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that Aims for the Head. I'm Colin True, and today we're taking a look back at what you, the listeners, have determined to be some of the more popular early episodes of The Rock Fight in this, our inaugural year 2023. Today's episode is Jeep Blew It. Now I can't wait to give you a little more context behind that hot take, but 1st Could you please take a quick second, you know, maybe and subscribe or follow The Rock Fight on whatever app you're listening to it on? And then, hey, hit that five star review. And if you have an extra second, leave us a quick review. These are the single best ways to help out and grow this show. I can't thank you enough for doing so. If you've already done it, thank you. If you haven't, please do it. All right, let's start the show. So let's take a listen to the original episode and hear why I think a long-standing and popular car brand like Jeep somehow blew it. Why Jeep, why did you do it? The it I'm referring to here is killing the Jeep Cherokee in 2001. You invented the SUV category with the first civilian Jeep, which became the iconic Wrangler. Other car brands expanded and diluted the SUV market, but the Jeep brand held an authenticity that no other could match thanks to the incredible dynamic duo of the Wrangler and the Cherokee. Introduced as the SJ in 1975 and followed by the XJ in 1983, the Cherokee was the perfect complement to the utilitarian Wrangler. Rugged in its own right, but with more storage and seating. In the 90s, I had friends with Explorers, Blazers and Suburbans, but it was the Cherokee that I coveted. And look, I'm not a car guy at all but there is something about what we drive and how it's inextricably tied to our personality or identity. In 1999, I had my grandmother front me a down payment and I got a 96 Sport Cherokee. Black with red striping and, of course, stick shift. Because nothing says poser more than a Jeep with automatic transmission. Two years later, two tragedies befell the world. First, Jeep killed the Cherokee and introduced the Liberty. A heinously designed vehicle that took all the softer parts of the Jeep heritage and turned it up to 11. And secondly, I fell victim to marketing and traded my Jeep in for a... God, man, this hurts to say. I traded it in for a Nissan Xterra. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Jeep has never recovered from this move. Their vehicles have gotten increasingly worse and worse every year, leading up to their modern-day lineup, which is as vanilla as it comes. The Wrangler is the only model that has kept some of its allure, even with all of its modern sensibilities. But even this classic was tainted by the introduction of the Gladiator, which is the dumbest use of a pickup bed that we've seen since the Subaru Baja. They brought back the Cherokee, in name only. Nowhere is the boxy, unique look that made the XJ great to be found and the rest of their lineup is an actual embarrassment. To a young person today, Jeep is just another car brand making big gas guzzlers and that dumb short bed pickup truck. Does any of this matter? Not really. Jeep isn't the first company to forget what was great about its brand in the name of widespread appeal. But there was a time when they were number one with outdoor enthusiasts. And then Subaru, the Baja notwithstanding, came along with the Outback and a bunch of commercials starring Crocodile Dundee. They saw the opening they seize the crown and have it look back. As for that Xterra, what a forgettable vehicle. I had it for two or three years before moving on and I regretted not keeping my Cherokee for almost every day since. But there is a happy ending to the story because about two years ago after the acquisition of my sick new adventure van, I had the need for a around town car. And lo, just two hours up the road, was a dealer who specialized in 80s and 90s early model SUVs. I don't believe in fate, cosmic forces, or the impact of your star sign. But I can tell you, and this is 100% true, that the first listing this dealer had the first day I went looking was a 1996 Jeep Cherokee Sport Black with red striping manual transmission. And that Jeep is now sitting in my garage. I've never tried to find the VIN number for the one I sold over 20 years ago, but it could be the same damn car. But you can bury me in this one because I'm keeping it until I die. I doubt anyone driving a 2022 Renegade would say the same thing. The seed of this episode was planted in 2001, on the day that I first saw the Jeep Liberty. I remember knowing that Jeep was introducing the Liberty as a replacement for the Cherokee. And even remember thinking that the Liberty could be something I might be interested in to replace my Cherokee. Because if Jeep was moving on from the legendary Cherokee, it had to be for something better, right? <laughs> and then I saw the Liberty. And it's, it's weird how we have these unbelievably inconsequential memories in our head, isn't it? Because I was living in New Hampshire at the time. And I remember being on my evening commute home from work, sitting in traffic crossing the bridge that goes over the Great Bay that connects Portsmouth to Dover. Again, this is in New Hampshire. And there it was, also in traffic, a new Liberty. And I remember, I distinctly remember looking at this thing and thinking, what a joke. And then over the last 20 years or so, it just seemed like Jeep released stinker after stinker. You know, the Compass sucks. Don't get me started on the Gladiator. There should be a constitutional amendment locking in the Jeep Wrangler as a two-door manual transmission vehicle with a soft top. Making a Wrangler with a pickup bed should be a federal crime. And all of these bad decisions by Jeep stung because I always regretted trading in my Cherokee for that Xterra. I'd see the latest lame model from Jeep and wish I had just kept my old car. And I don't know if anyone under 35 understands any emotion I'm trying to express in either the original episode or in this one that I'm recording right now. I know that cars are still an extension of an individual's personality, and we all have the car, truck, or van that fits the view of ourselves to the outside world. But before the internet, your car wasn't just about your persona, but it was an important identifier of your tribe, of your interests. For example, I was actually living in Maryland when I bought my Jeep in 1999, and that fall I moved to New Hampshire and took great glee in pulling into trailhead parking lots in the White Mountains because I knew that I was driving a coveted outdoor vehicle. One that carried a specific reputation where other hikers in those parking lots would look at me getting out of the car and know I was a Jeep guy. These days, we have so many more ways to identify ourselves and who we relate to, but back then, it was honestly about the things like what you wore, what bars you went to, and what you drove. So getting a second chance at my beloved Jeep Cherokee has been an unexpected delight. The only problem is, I'm not really driving it much anymore, so maybe I won't end up being buried in it. But if I do move on from this one at some point, at least it will be done in a way where I feel good about the time I spent with it, and because my cup is filled with my time in a 90s Jeep Cherokee... Not because I got suckered in by Nissan's lame attempt to make a vehicle for outdoorsy people. So anyway, yeah, I feel like Jeep blew it with the outdoor community. They went from being the brand to being the brand for posers while Subaru took over the top spot. Maybe they're still super profitable and all of the models I find lame have performed great over the years for them. But I do wonder what it would be like if they had just built around the Wrangler and the Cherokee. And we'll never know. But hey, if you're interested in buying my Cherokee, or if you just want to contact the show, well, there are multiple ways to do so. You can start by sending your emails to myrockfight at gmail.com or hit us up on socials. The Rock Fight is on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at underscore rockfight underscore. Send your messages on this episode, thoughts on other episodes, or any outdoorsy topics you'd like to hear covered here on The Rock Fight. And The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. Here to take us out is the host of Krista Makes a Podcast. Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.